morning, we're going to read from the book of John together. So if you would open up with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 52. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can then this man give us flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true blood, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread of the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one comes to me unless it is granted by my Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you so much for the chance to have this service, uh, to be able to recognize our graduating seniors and to love them and to send them off well. Um, And I pray that as we uh, read from your word this morning, as we think about it, that our hearts would be open to hearing what you have to say that you would um, really um, grip our hearts uh, to love you and and know that we need you so much, uh, so much more than we even think we need you, God. And so I pray uh, for this service that you would just stand by me and speak through me and that you would uh, just uh, let us be changed in some way. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Well, uh, before we start and talk about the class of 2015, um, how many people are back from college? Actually, if you're back from college, could you stand up? I know you and you and you and... Yeah, we're so happy to have you back. Actually, round of applause for these guys. And Katie, yeah. It's, it's hard to believe that some of you guys were right in this front row, not like maybe last year, a couple years ago. Um, but uh, we want to uh, hear about how college has been for you. So uh, maybe some of uh, you guys who saw these guys stand up, maybe ask them how college has been. Um, but as we talk about the class of 2015, uh, we want to send them off with a great encouragement, uh, but yet a difficult challenge. In 2013, a research group called Barna did a study on teens who grew up in the church and figured out what the response has been to Christianity, their faith, and the church. And they have found that six out of ten of every graduating senior has either walked away from their faith or uh, stopped, more than that, actually more than six out of ten have stopped going to church altogether. And so that means if our senior class were to meet those statistics, that means over half of our students would walk away. Now, I'm just saying that so that you guys would think about this more. I'm not saying that you guys will. Um, I have confidence in your faith. Um, But I just want you to really think about that statistic. Uh, Now, the the statistics in uh, the time of Jesus were actually much worse than what they are right now. 
in uh, the book of John, this chapter 6 that we're talking about, uh, we find Jesus in a time in his ministry where he had thousands of people following him and wanting to hear what he was teaching. And at the beginning of chapter 6, we actually read about a miracle that you've probably heard of before, um, but it's when Jesus was teaching and there were 5,000 people around and they uh, all got hungry and there was no food to feed them. And so a young boy had a, um, a lunch with two uh, fish and five loaves of bread, and Jesus took that, and he was able to take that and, and feed 5,000 people, and not only feed them where they got, like, some crumbs, but they were fed until they were full. And that's how this chapter starts out. And I don't think it's ironic that, that it's a miracle about feeding um, the people when at the end of this chapter it's talking about the bread of life. I think there's something very specific about that. And as we continue in chapter 6, uh, the, the people, they got on a boat, the 12 disciples got on a boat, and they were headed towards Capernaum. And uh, Jesus actually walked on the water and met them um, on the boat. And uh, the, all these 5,000 people that were gathered around, they realized that Jesus was missing. And uh, so they went, they took boats, and they actually followed them and, and went to go, um, wanted to hear Jesus speak more. So the next day, we're at Capernaum um, in chapter 6, and Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. And it is here that Jesus says probably the most controversial words he could ever say, especially in the synagogue. Um, he, this is where we start in verse 54. He says, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will rise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true blood, my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Now, that was extremely controversial. Um, it would be unheard of to say that in a synagogue, these people... They couldn't drink blood, but more than that, they couldn't even eat meat with blood inside of it. And so for Jesus to say this was insane. Actually, I'm not even sure why Jesus used such a harsh analogy. Um, but Jesus was trying to change their perspective about something. Now, we want to know, what did Jesus mean here when he said that? That's a pretty harsh statement. If you would look with me in verse 40, 6 verse 40, Jesus has a pretty clear parallel here. He says, For this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son of Man and believes in him should have eternal life. If you look at 54, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up. Do you see that parallel there? So what it means to, to eat my flesh and drink my blood, that means to look on the Son of Man and believe in him. Jesus is saying, feed off of me. Get your strength from me. Have your fill in me. For my flesh is true food. In my blood is true drink. And of course, he was pointing towards his death and sacrifice on the cross, like this skit that we just performed. We live in a world that tries to tell us that you can be filled from anything in this world. And what's interesting is we buy into that lie, uh, especially in college, uh, but even as adults, I think you guys can agree with that. We feed off of relationships, we feed off success, we feed off self-worth, we feed off our grades, we feed off drinking and partying, uh, anything that can give us a fill. And I know that it is inevitable for some of our seniors to not taste those things. But I hope that you guys will always come to realize that those things will always leave you empty. They never satisfy. And Jesus is offering to you something so much greater, and he gives it to you constantly so that you may always have your fill and that you will always find happiness in him. And so I present the same question to you guys uh, that Jesus presented to the disciples on that day. As thousands of people were turning their backs on our Savior, Jesus turned towards his close 12 and he said, Are you going to walk away like everyone else is walking away? To which Peter responded, To whom shall we go? You hold the words of eternal life. 
And so, in a culture, in a day and age where so many people are walking away from their faith, I ask you that question. And like Jesus asked it, he knew that his 12 were not going to walk away. But he still said it to make, to make you think, are you going to walk away like everyone else is walking away? And I hope that your response would be like Peter, who recognized that there was nowhere else, there is nowhere else to turn but to Jesus to gain strength. So a few points from this passage that I want to kind of pull away from this. There will be points in your life when you are given an ultimatum. To say that you won't have moments of weakness or doubt would be naive. There will be so many chances to turn away from your faith, and there are some in this room who will. Um, But be ready for that. Equip yourself. Feed off of Jesus. There's a reason that I gave all these guys little Bibles. I gave them little Bibles, and um, it's not because I don't think they have Bibles or they don't know what one is, but because... Um, I want it to represent something for you guys. I want you guys to take that Bible and carry it with you. And it's small, so you can carry it with you. Um, but don't only carry it in your pocket. Uh, carry it in your heart. Carry those words in your heart. For it's from the word that we feed off of Jesus. Point number two. Jesus wants you to be connected to him. Uh, we did a series on the vine and the branches not too long ago. And we spent a whole month on this, uh, this John 15 and, uh, and it's a, this perfect picture of, of Jesus saying, He who remains in me, and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in my love. Make Jesus your favorite thing to eat. Eat it as you do food every day. Drink it like you do water. Remain in him, and remain in his love. The third thing, and the last thing, impact is over and your spiritual journey is about to get harder. I think everyone in this room uh, who has graduated high school, maybe our our seniors that have come back or our graduated seniors that have come back, uh, could probably say that after high school, it is so much harder um, for your, it's so much harder on your faith. Um, And if impact were a place simply to enjoy friends and have fun, we would have failed you because our hope in cross-training and our hope in CL2 is that we would be able to train you and guide you so that you might become a self-feeder because there comes a day when you will no longer be in a youth group. And the day when your best friends will no longer be right by your side. They might be at a Zuzu Pacific or in the Marine Corps. Or they might be um, going to OCC here and then traveling across the world being a missionary. And there's just so many different places that they might end up being. So if impact was your church, then how are you going to stay connected to Jesus? So don't make impact your church. Make the church much bigger than that. Um, And like the skits that we performed, that you guys performed, uh, there will be things that will come after you without a doubt. They'll lie to you and try and tear you away. And if you are not abiding in Christ, if you are not feeding off of him, you will be defenseless. So don't let impact be the end of your faith. Become self-feeders. Find more community. Serve in a church. And never walk away from the one who holds the words 